finally back. I know it's been a while since we put out an episode. And if you're one of those dedicated listeners, thank you for your patience. This past quarter of school was a total grind. But these past 10 days have been just awesome. And we have now arrived at one of my favorite parts of the year, the madness of March. This is also a very special episode for me because joining the show today are two people with whom I go way back all the way to the days of kindergarten in Oakland, California. One is now a student at Hofstra University and the other is at Loyola Marymount University. They recently just launched a podcast of their own called Good Take with Alex Hutton and Zevin Schuster. So without further ado, Alex, Zevin, welcome and thank you for coming on Potty Train Me. I I never expected to get an intro that spectacular. This is this is our first time being being guests on someone else's <laughs> podcast, so I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect. That's yeah, pretty fun. I like nice. it, yeah. I like that. <laughs> we have a lot to live up to now. I like it. The first question I got to get out of the way is: So, Alex, you're no longer an Alexander. You are an Alex now. Yeah, that's that's correct. I I went by Alex like basically from the time I was born through like eighth grade, and then in high school I decided you know the short the shorter name was probably better, a little bit easier to say, a little less wordy, so I started going by that. Um, figured it was a little more concise, was better in that situation. I will say a few times on the podcast because obviously I'm used to calling him Alexander. There's a few times on the podcast and I would like slip up and like forget and be Alex- Alexander, be like shit, and be like I mean Alex. And so I'd still there's only a few times when I like had to correct myself. If, if you if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> you can turn that into a drinking game or something. Every every time <laughs> I like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I mean it also like for the for the sort of the journalism broadcasting kind of career I'm going into, it's better because you know it just sort of fits easier on the on the byline and quicker to stay on the air and stuff like that. So yeah, I always laughed. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big Family Guy fan, and like one of the writers or creators, his last name is like Chevra Pamandong or something. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? If, I, all right, that's when you watch I, Family I, Guy, yeah. and if, if when you watch the credits, it'd be like one of the first five or six names to pop up. It's this guy with this literally the longest last name I've ever seen. Like the longest, like non-hype. It's not. It's not like it's a hyphen. It's one word. It's the longest, like non-hyphen last name I've ever seen. So anyway, and we all yeah, seen those yeah, baseball jerseys look crazy. If you're, if you're like four names, if it was like Alexander, <laughs> Pierre, Jonathan, then then you run with that. But if it's just exactly. Alexander, go with the Alex. You know, back in kindergarten. You were the Alexander, and I was Gregory, so we're all just adjusting here. Zevin, I want to congratulate you on staying consistent. Way to go. Yeah, you guys are trying to freaking mess with people, man. I'm trying to – I'm just – at least I'm straightforward. <laughs> Dude, so what's been happening in your lives lately? I mean, it's been a crazy year for everyone. I guess since we're all in different locations, I'll go with you first, Zevin. Just how have you uh, made do with this last year? Yeah, it's been fun. You know, uh, we were talking before we hit record. Alex and I were FaceTiming. And we basically we were like, eh, we don't have much to do. You want to, after finals are over, you want to start a podcast? Okay, sure. And then, you know, we started tweeting it. Howard Beck, and he miraculously responds. And then Alex emailed Shay Serrano. And after, I think he, after he emailed him like a few times, he was finally did it. And then remember when he emailed like Shay? And Shay was like, yeah, eventually I'll do it. I like just landed at school. And like Alex called me, he's like, Shay wants to come on in like 30 minutes. And I just like popped my shit down and was literally taking a dump. And I was like, okay, hop on the computer right now. Shay's, Shay wants to come on like right now. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, so just the, the, the podcast was really fun to just keep my mind occupied. And then, you know, I've been uh, in California. We also, I, you don't know this, we, uh, we moved to San Diego a few years ago, but I still spent a lot of time in Oakland, obviously, because, you know, I don't know. I don't have any friends in uh, SD. 
but it's quite sunny though. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, I helped out at some food banks, you know, trying to take care of my mental health. If you guys have any Netflix recommendations for sure, you can pass those along. Uh, maybe when he posts this online, people can post in like the comments or whatever, some Netflix recs. Um, but yeah, been pretty low key. My mom's been uh, cooking her butt off, which has been nice. So yeah, I'm sure that that's been the nice benefit is some home cooked food. Hey, I love it. Home cooked food, podcast launching, getting some good guests. That's all good stuff. <laughs> Alex, how about you? I mean, I know you guys are doing the podcast together, but what's been happening? Yeah, you know, um, when sort of when everything shut down, I was home on spring break. So I've just kind of been here ever since um, doing doing online school, getting ready to graduate in a couple of months, which is which is crazy and starting to think about I'm probably gonna end up at grad school. So starting to think about the decision of where I want to go with that. I uh, got a couple of places to, to pick from. So I'm still working there, um, you know, over the summer, kind of like with the when it became clear that, you know, Zether and I weren't gonna be able to do any internships or anything like that. That's kind of how the whole podcast thing started. I mean, it wasn't just like the sports media figures, you know, we had um, Wallace Johnson, who was an MLB player in the eighties. We had a guy who ran across America. Um, we had uh, Damian Lillard's high school basketball coach. Um, so like, so some really interesting people, even outside of the, the sports media realm. Um, I've had a couple of different writing positions at a couple of places. Um, over the last couple of months, started calling um, LMU soccer games remotely doing like color for that where one guy's there and I'm, and I'm here calling it off my computer monitor, uh, which has been a really interesting experience. And other than that, yeah, just kind of waiting this out, seeing where things go and kind of getting ready for the last couple months of school, which is still crazy for me to say. So. Yeah. And then this is such a weird time to have to be finishing college, but that's awesome that you did the color commentary on LMU soccer games. I was doing a lot of remote broadcasts as well with UCSB basketball and I mean, basketball is a much quicker sport and I know it better. So I feel like remote broadcasts, those were so challenging in many ways with just internet stream issues. And then one person's stream would be slightly ahead of the other. So you had to deal with all those technicalities. And then with soccer, I feel like I've never actually even announced a soccer game. I mean, I imagine that would be challenging. So kudos to you for going that route. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, I don't want to say fun because this last year has been anything but fun, but it sounds like you guys have made good do with some of this time. La, la, lemonade out of lemons, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, we've been able to like find some sort of ways to be productive, you know, like just <laughs> coming up with different ideas the the and running with it, so. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all you can do. Uh, I want to get into March Madness because obviously last year there was no tournament. This year they're doing it all in Indianapolis, and the COVID madness continues as six refs were already dismissed following a positive test after dining out. Uh, Oklahoma's Devion Harmon tested positive for COVID, and he won't even play the opening weekend, which might be their whole season. So I guess the first question Alex, I'll go with you first. How do we rate this time of year out of 10? Um, I mean, yeah, we gotta be, gotta be at least a 10, but possibly more. I mean, I've been going around, I've been going around all day. It's just, you know, you know, like the, uh, the theme song that I was playing the broadcast, like the, um, yeah, I've been just like singing that to myself constantly because it just, it's just getting me in the mood. And, you know, the, the first four, as we're taping this just started, like, I think less than an hour ago. So it's, it's in full swing and it's exciting stuff. Yeah, dude. Zevin, what's your rating? I was going to say like a 20. I, what's fun now is like 
like in, in previous years, like obviously like when, when we were like in class, no one's paying any attention to class. Obviously everyone's watching on the computer, but you still had to put on like the veneer of, okay, well I'm paying attention, but like when I, now like if things are on zoom, I don't even have to pretend to like give a shit about my class. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't even have to pretend, you know, I'll just put myself on mute. If, if the teacher wants my camera to be on like, all right, I'm assuming watching this game or that game anyway. So now, now it's much easier to keep track of. Um, it is interesting now. I don't know if it's because of the whole COVID thing, but usually the first uh, two days are Thursday, Friday instead of Friday, Saturday. I don't know. I don't know if that's the this year thing or if it's a permanent change or permanent switch, um, but that, you know, that'll make things easier. You know, I've, I have some work I need to do this weekend. Like I had midterms, but you better believe I'm going to be uh, distracted and, you know, have some uh, hoop related procrastination. So. Oh, it's like the best form of procrastination <laughs> of all time. I will also give it like a clean 10 out of 10. And like Alex said, possibly more, especially in normal times. I mean, there's just so much about it that I love when I follow a lot of my sports, I'll structure my schedule around watching some games and make sure I'm keeping up and that kind of stuff but 100%. yeah but i was telling my roommates like with march madness it's like a disease like i can't focus on anything else school will always go by the slowest possible and then the second i got in front of the tv it was like okay nobody touch me i'm watching basketball for the next seven hours and it's just- <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, alex and i always laugh like so we're the same way but we also laugh at like well we'll remember dates based on like when this sporting event happened. Hey, Alex is, I mean, I, I remember Alex is a total encyclopedia with that stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I mean, basically like, like my <laughs> parents will say like, oh, remember the day we went to that that wedding or something? And I'll go, oh yeah, that was the day that the Warriors were playing the Clippers and it was blah, 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 and like just sort of go off on all this stuff. Cause that's just the, the way my brain works is very just sports wire and I connect. No, Chris Paul uh, strained his hamstring for the 14th time cause he flopped too much, right? No, I don't know, should I, I don't know if you should say that. Huh? <laughs> anyway but no, see that's what i love to hear it's like someone who speaks my language now i'll always say like uh the other day it was the five-year anniversary of the warriors thunder 2016 regular season game when steph hit the long Iconic. shot OT. Yeah. and then i was like oh yeah like i think kd fouled out at the end of that game too and then my yeah, dad no, in overtime yeah he's like what is wrong with you he's like your memory is kind of ridiculous and i'm like i don't know it's just yeah. things just stick do you, do you, Alex and I both have like funny, like where were we stories? And obviously, every Warriors fan has like, like remembers where they were. Do you have a fun, like, where, where were you when that shot happened? I was driving to a bowling alley in Sack and it was a rainy day. Okay. So were, were you listening to the Tim Roy? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't even watching it live. I, I did the whole oh my like, goodness. go back and watch later thing, but I knew it happened. So, okay. nice. yeah, no, I was. That, that night was the night of my younger brother's bar mitzvah party. Um, and it was like, at, sort of at, the, at the time the game was getting like into overtime and, and late and everything, you know, it was the, uh, the sort of like everybody just dances kind of portion of the evening and everybody <laughs> cleared the dance floor and gone off to the TV in the corner and then just huddled around and watched. And just everybody went nuts, obviously, when Steph hit three. So Zevin has a story too. Yeah, so I, uh, so I, was, I was supposed to be at the bar mitzvah party, but my, actually my grandfather passed away. And so I think... His funeral was like earlier that day. And so obviously we had a bunch of family um, into my grandma's house. And so I remember my, my grandparents remarried. So my brother, my other grandpa, like my dad's stepdad, uh, he, he came into this room where my dad and I were watching. My dad and I are both known to like, yeah, like get frustrated at the TV when things were up. And so, yeah, obviously, you know, it was late, you know, so we're on the Indiana's East Coast time. And so I remember my grandpa, Bob, God rest his soul. He came in and he was like, 
if you guys wake me up because you're you're annoyed, I will come turn this TV off and slap you all the way. I think you better make a damn sound. Like I want to go to bed. I don't want to hear a peep. And so when Seth hit the shot, we had to just go crazy with like dead quiet. So we had to be like, <laughs> like we had to be, yeah, I know and people listening to this won't. Basically we had to jump up and down and just, my dad and I just looked at each other and just jumped up and down without like making a single sound, just like losing our minds. Dude, that's that's incredible. Both of those stories are incredible. It was like celebration to celebration and then like sad day into nice touch at the end. Oh, hundred percent. Described with not making the noise reminds me of do you guys remember in the World Cup when Landon Donovan had that epic goal against Algeria to get us out of the group stage? I, I have a story about that too, but yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I totally want to hear your story next. Okay. Okay. So we had just flown to Hawaii the morning before. And I wake up and it's like five in the morning because time adjustment, can't sleep, never slept in as a kid much anyway. And uh, then my dad and my younger brother are telling me the whole story. They go into the room quietly because my sister and my mom are still asleep. And uh, they're like, it's been like 45 minutes of agony and I get filled in because I wake up in like the 84th minute or something. <laughs> and- Wait, you woke up with five minutes left? Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And so when Landon Donovan scored that goal, we're all just silently like jumping up and down, like kind of rocking the bed. But apparently uh, we weren't quiet enough because my mom came in and just snapped at us. And we're like, no, you don't understand. This is so awesome. That's good. Alex, what was, what was that moment like for you? Okay, yeah. So basically, that game because 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 of the time difference in South Africa, it, the game started like six a.m. where I was, and so like and I like woke up like not maybe not to watch kickoff, but to watch like very early on, watch basically the whole thing, and you know it was going on, and I and this I was like at the time I was eleven, so I I was still at that age where you go to like a, like a, a summer day camp, like to, like to, you know do activities stuff like that, and I had the camp um, like after the game. And like, I remember it was just like, there were a ton of really close calls. Like they had a goal waved off for offsides and they hit the crossbar at one point and just all these near misses. And it was good. It's still zero, zero, still zero, zero. And at a certain point we had to go, we just, because I just had to get to the camp. And we, we, we went down to the car literally in between the time I turned off the TV and the time I got to the car was the goal. So it was <laughs> And it was just my brother running back to me. Oh my God, they scored, they scored or something like that. And I just, and I, I missed the one moment in there where it actually happened so it's bittersweet a little bit yeah but the, the bottom the bottom line is they want to get always happens that way. <laughs> i thought i said it feels like it always happens that way right yeah as soon as you, yeah as soon as you leave something something big happens it's actually there's a fun video on youtube actually of like a reaction uh like i've found like various bars and stuff and i will say uh i think ian clark is the announcer's name like the the call for that goal is unbelievable for if people i know it's been 11 years which makes me feel old that's crazy but the the call for that goal was just so iconic he was like he was like oh brilliant yeah you could not write a script like this and he just so good and then we just dive on each other just like so much fun that is probably my second favorite ian dark call of all time but the oh, ian dark be, ian Clark, my bad. yeah yeah yeah. you're thinking of the warriors on them <laughs> but uh but Ian Dark's Abby Wambach call against Brazil to save our lives in the 2011 World Cup, like our last gasp of hope, that was probably one of my favorite calls ever. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow. I'm just go down the rabbit hole all day long. Dude, yeah, we could just go for, like, hours. Okay, but back to March Madness. <laughs> what 
are you most excited for about this tournament? Zevin, I'm going to go with you. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I'm like a lot of people. Like, I don't, I don't watch that much college basketball during the regular season, but like, I, I am like, I, I love the draft. Like, I just always been a fan. Like, I, I follow it with closely, pretty much year round. I just, I don't know, for some reason, I'm like really obsessed with just projecting guys. How are they going to be in the pros? And especially now, you know, they're like, like Jalen Green, Jonathan Kamingo decided to go to the G League route. So there's, there's a, you know, a few less uh, like pro prospects in college basketball. It seems like it's seems like college is going a little bit, becoming a little more irrelevant, but you know, like I, I can't wait to watch Cade a lot. Uh, I told Alex, uh, obviously the Warriors have the Timberwolves top three pick. And so, you know, they get it if it's, you know, outside the top three. And I basically this year, according to every expert that I read and watch, it's a five prospect uh, draft. So the Warriors potentially have a, you know, two, ch- two chances to get a, uh, you know, a stud. And so I, I told Alex, basically, so I'm a huge sushi fan. Half my Instagram is pictures of sushi. So I told him, I told Alex, I was like, I would give up sushi for a month if Jalen Suggs, if he, someone could guarantee me that Jalen Suggs was on the Warriors next year. Uh, I love him so much. Love his game. So I, I'm excited to watch like pro prospects. Uh, I'm excited to watch Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, I, 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 anyone who has the ball to pick against them genuinely impresses me. Um, I mean, I, also, I didn't realize no one's been undefeated throughout the whole year since Bobby Knight in like 78 or something. Yep. But yeah, I would say my, my, what I'm most excited about is Gonzaga and all the pro pros, like the, 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 the big prospects like Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it'll be fun to see how they do in, uh, under big time pressure. I think that's always fun. Oh, always exciting and anything can happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, Alex, do you got a specific thing that you're excited about or is it just the experience as a whole? It is the experience as a whole. That's always a big part of it just because when you're like, you know, you're filling out a bracket and there's always upset potential. Every game matters. Every game has excitement to it. Uh, but I mean, I think the big thing has to be Gonzaga. You know, I'm, I go to LMU, which is in the same conference. So I get to, I get to watch Gonzaga a fair amount. And anytime a team has a chance to go undefeated for the entire season, I feel like that's always got to be the top story. I think the last time it happened going into the tournament was, was Kentucky back in 2015, I think, on that team with Carl Anthony Towns. So be exciting be exciting to see if they can do it they're i mean they have three like national player of the year candidates in their starting lineup so a lot of incredible players on that team it's gonna be fun to watch yeah and then wichita state just a couple years before that kentucky team was also undefeated going into the tournament and then they lost in the second round to the julius randall kentucky team so mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot of pressure on gonzaga but that's gonna be fun uh i mean oh yeah no duke or kentucky this year that's Pretty yeah, wild. no Duke or Kentucky, and UNC is an eight, so it's a really weird year. Uh, I mean, obviously, I got to be most excited that my UCSB Gauchos are back in the tournament for the first time since 2011. Uh, we're going up against Creighton, which I believe to be a winnable game, and at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. So, is that yeah. is that a five? It's a five twelve, if I remember right. It's a five twelve. Five twelve. Yeah, those are, those always have upset potential. So, absolutely. Yeah, man, I mean, if Creighton is hitting their shots, then we're in big trouble. But, you know, if we can play good perimeter defense and find a way to be productive on offense, we got a chance. There you go. I like, you got you, you to pick your school for, to win at least one game, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking Sweet 16 with absolutely not those expectations. But and listen, I remember – I think I saw Steph Curry for the other bracket once when, like, Davidson was, like, a 14 and he just – pick them to win the whole thing so like hey you know what and my dad would like pick Cornell and stuff it's where he went to school he would, like pick I think it was actually one year Cornell got to the Sweet 16 I think it was like an 11 I think they almost beat 
they almost beat someone one year. Like they, they made it a pretty close game. But I didn't also like Harvard did well one year. So who, who is it? Is anyone who's out of the Ivy League this year? I don't even remember. The Ivy League canceled their season because uh, of COVID. So they didn't. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. That's right. I, was, I was thinking that because I was like, I can't, I don't remember who. Because uh, everyone always, they always get a little extra pub. Because <laughs> they're. Well, yeah. Let's just say that Cornell won the conference. Right, yeah. that sounds good. Let me ask you something. With this sort of COVID situation with, with limited fans and sort of not the not the full experience, do you think that will do you think that opens up the door for more upset upsets, less upsets? What do you guys think of that? Because I have my thoughts on it, but I want to get your take on it. You go first. It's a really good question because March Madness always in general with fans is pretty insane and Anything can happen, and one factor can dictate an team's entire path. But I will say, if we're going to talk about the NBA bubble, I noticed the pattern was young teams adjusted well. Young teams, young players. You saw what happened with the Nuggets. The Heat did really well. The Celtics were able to thrive. So everybody's young in college. It's not the same as playing professional basketball. So I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have. But yeah, Zevin, I'm curious about whether or not you have anything to add to that. That's so tough. I mean, it's, it's probably situational. Like I'm sure some guys feed off the crowd more than others. Like I, I will say in terms of like the upside question, the upset part of that, I, like I definitely think that, you know, when you're an underdog and you go on a run and you're like this huge underdog and you're trying to, you know, beat this, you know, juggernaut and you have the crowd behind you, like that's got to help. So to me, it seems like having a crowd, if it's in your favor, would help the like the underdog. Um, that said, I mean, you also reverse it. You know, maybe if you're down, maybe a 12-point deficit won't feel as daunting because you won't have, like, you know, 15,000 fans screaming down your neck. So it could go either way. And I think at the end of the day, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it'll kind of just even out, which is, you know, kind of sucks to say because we all like to think the crowds have a huge impact. But, you know, these are also – teenagers playing at random times um, against teams they've never played before. So, yeah, I think it'll probably be pretty similar, but yeah, I'm sure there'll definitely be a storyline. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I honestly, I'm my thought on it is that it would lead to less upsets just because, like, when, a, when like, a 14 or a 15 C, like, starts playing close the entire game, then, like, they have their fans cheering for them, and they have the neutral fans cheering for them, and they have, they have like, fans of, like, the team from the next game. It's really fun. Them, so, then, like, so, yeah. so then, like, you know, like, suddenly 80% of the arena, you know, you're, like, a, you're like a two seed, suddenly 80% of the arena is rooting against you, and I feel like as a college player, that can sort of really start to, like, get to you and psych you out a little bit. And then I feel like when some of that's going to be taken away with less of a crowd for these games, I feel like, like sort of being out of my it'll be like sort of allow for the, like the, the higher seas to kind of calm down more and, and sort of feel less of the pressure and just stick to playing their style. But that's, that's just a prediction. We, we've, you know, we've never seen something like this before. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Like talking, you're making me feel like you might convince me. Nice. I think Iowa is the number two to lose the first round. Cause you know, you, you gotta pick one. Uh, you got, you gotta pick one, right? Oh yeah. man. Hey, we're going to get all to those good upsets soon. So oh, no, I don't want to get to hear I all wanna, about I just want to tease. No, just want to tease. No, no. The tease was great. The tease was perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, obviously with the Gauchos and I mentioned earlier, the remote broadcasts were a total challenge, but what was really fun about it was I felt like I had a really supportive group behind me when I was doing that. Cause I would have to just close myself off to a room 
and make sure that the four other guys I lived with weren't overly loud for two hours at a time. But my friend Elise was letting me use her printer to print out notes. Uh, the other four housemates were totally respectful and quiet during the games I covered. And then one of them, Austin Covey, early shout out, uh, brought his computer into my room so that I could see the stream of his game during the Big West tournament while the internet went shaky. So, but what was really fun was that I had about 10 people in our living room the night of the Big West championship, which is about the maximum you can do these days, all part of the COVID bubble. And it was cool because people who normally wouldn't have followed UCSB basketball all started getting really into it and getting excited. So it was kind of a little snippet of how sports would bring people together and generate a lot of excitement when we haven't really had that for the last year. I mean, are sports kind of dead at your guys' school or do you feel some of that too? I think, I think it goes kind of up and down, you know, as someone who's very much, who, who I mean, I, you know, I, I'm the, I, I was the sports editor of the paper for the last year. I'm not anymore. And I do like, I've, I've worked for like the broadcast department. So I'm very ingrained within the athletics department. And it's, so it's sort of hard for me to tell, I think, to sort of back out and get that sort of objective perspective. I'm very involved in, you know, tracking stuff on social media and being on the website and things like that, things like that, watching the games. So it's a, it's a little hard to tell for me, honestly. I know that, you know, when the, when the teams are good at normal times, the, the students will rally around and show up to the games. But in, in this time when I'm still so involved in it, even if there aren't fans there, it's harder for me to tell. So like, I wish I could give a better answer to the question, but that's sort of honestly, the only way I can look at it. Yeah, I would say at Hofstra, it's pretty bandwagon-y too. It was like most people I know. When I think when I was a freshman, we had the best year that we had had in years. I think we were undefeated at home until the last, until senior night, the last time we in the season. So then, at that point, we were getting pretty big crowds. Um, I mean, you know, we had uh, this guy, Justin Ray Foreman, who actually got drafted. We had a guy get drafted in the NBA. Like you, you saw you from 51st, 53rd. Yeah, exactly. Flex, flex, flex. Uh, and then actually, we had this other guy, Eli Pemberton, who the Warriors signed to their G League roster, uh, which is pretty cool. Actually, I met his mom, super nice lady. Um, so that, that was, you know, pretty fun. Uh, Hofstra, we got to the CAA championship game uh, one year. I think, I think it was that was my freshman year. And I was like, I think I, I remember it was like rage texting Alex when we kept turning the ball over in the second half. Um, and so that, that was the closest that we came. Um, and then, yeah, it, since then, it's kind of in. That, that was our best shot to make the tournament. We had an NBA guy on our team, uh, and it just didn't work out. And so well, ever since then, it's kind of been – it's been pretty hit or miss. I thought, I thought last year they, they, they won the conference tournament, and then – but because they, did, they didn't make – Oh, yeah, that, 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 is, that, is, that is also – that is true. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is like, of course, it's our luck. Like, of course. So – Ah, man, I know. I feel really bad for all those small schools that won conference tournaments and then also schools like San Diego State who were having a like historically good season with just only one or two losses and then they got shut down headed into the tournament. So that was uh, tough, but obviously not the most important thing that was going on. So, well, okay, Zevin, you had a great tease on upset picks. I just want to say this is my opportunity to give you guys, and then I'll go into myself. Like, what are the upset predictions that you'd like to just put on the record right now? You started it with the whole all right, all right. So. so this is based on no knowledge whatsoever, just like reading and watching a little bit of YouTube, just to like pretend like I know stuff. 
Okay. Well, anyone so who pretends like they know a ton about college basketball <laughs> who isn't getting paid to do it is probably a fraud. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. So let's see. So I, uh, oh yeah. So I mentioned I picked Iowa to lose first uh, in the, in the first round. I mean, a 15 over a two, that does not happen every year. Uh, I also picked, I, don't know, I always like, like ever since they started the first four, I think the first year they did it, VCU went to the final four. And so, cause you know, they, they won the first game, they got some momentum. And so ever since then, I've always tried to pick at least one to, uh, you know, win more than one game, you know, cause I feel like once they win the first one, you know, uh, uh, cause there's two 11, 11, 11. So like get into the 68 or get into the, into the 64. And so I picked uh, Texas to lose to either MSU or UCLA. I just feel like, I don't know. I, I trust time is a lot. Like they, they usually have a good March madness. Uh, they, they usually play well in March madness. I mean, so I feel like as an 11 seed, having some momentum, you know, it's not like a 16, having momentum. Like when you do the 16, momentum doesn't mean, you you know, momentum doesn't mean jack shit. Uh, but, yeah, so I have MSU or UCLA beating Texas, 11 over three. Uh, I have – where I'm trying to scroll quickly here. Uh, I have – yeah, I had Iowa as a two losing. And then I had – gosh, I almost picked Arkansas as a three to lose. Should have written this down. Um, oh, I have Syracuse as an 11 winning – and then trying to think, oh, I have Georgetown as a 12 beating Colorado. Um, and they think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I thought I had a 14 over a three, but apparently I don't. Oh, oh, I have Ohio as a 13 beating Virginia as a four. So that, that, that those are my, so yeah, I have a 13 and a 15 winning. And then I have a 12. Um, and I, I might go, I might go and edit tonight as I, you know, uncover my you know depths of my great knowledge so we'll see what happens but those well, i mean everybody's gonna edit their brackets after they listen to this when i drop it in a couple hours <laughs> hey listen man if, if you don't if you don't listen to us you're you might as well just not fill one out you might as well just give up <laughs> all right alex what you got yeah okay i um yeah i've got like a couple that i did pick and then a couple that are sort of like i think it could happen maybe i didn't i didn't quite oh, are, you, are you still waffling and stuff well, I'll just sort of I'll just sort of run through it. Basically, I have I have two I have two 12 seeds winning. I got I got your Gauchos over Creighton. Um, I, I I always like teams that are making their first tournament in a while to to win a game. You know, if, if okay. like assuming they're not running into like a, a one the number one overall seed or something. But 12, 12 seeds making making their first appearance in a while is always I think a good pick. Uh, I also have Georgetown over Colorado, like like Zedan said. Um, I also have the winner of the Michigan State UCLA game in the Sweet 16 beating Texas. Um, it's by a the lot way, of momentum, Texas, right? Like, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know, once once they win a game, kind of get going. Um, that is exactly, kind of your your logic there. Also, I think I didn't pick this, but I think um, Texas against Abilene Christian in the first round is like potential for one of those big upsets. That's with fourteen over three. Just I think I think Texas is a little bit overseeded, um, so I think there's there's sort of a there's something to look out for. Other big upsets. Um, I have um, I have Texas Tech making the Elite Eight as a six. Um, beating Ohio State in the Sweet 16. Um, wow. That's that's most of my uh, my big upsets. Um, I'll, and I have, I, have, I have San Diego State um, making the Sweet 16, beating three-seed West Virginia um, in the second round. So that's one. Um, like, stuff I'm looking out for is, like, not, not ones I picked, like, in potential for big upsets. Um, Ohio State against Earl Roberts, which is a two fifteen, because I, I think Ohio State's also a little bit overseeded, kind of like the uh, like the Texas matchup. Um, Arkansas and Colgate, um, 
my, my dad went to Colgate, so I'm always going to like look out for them on the, on where they are in the bracket, but Colgate's like super unpredictable. They play, I think 15 games. They only have like five or six different opponents the entire season. So like it's, it's hard to kind of get a read on them. I think that could make it tough for, for Arkansas to, to scout them and, and figure out how to play them. So I think there's potential there. Interesting. Yeah, those are all great. I think Colgate might be like <laughs> second in the country in scoring or something like that. They're way up there on one of those statistics. Playing, but... playing who though? But fair. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's something. But I'm glad you brought that up because like Zevin, I don't know a ton about college basketball really outside the Big West. No, no, it's and That's fine. There are so many statistics out there that you can look at, but there are five statistics that I do like to look at more and value over others. And those five heading into March are free throw percentage, field goal percentage defense, assist to turnover ratio, turnover margin, which those two are related, and rebound margin. And so doing a lot of look at that and just kind of reading up and doing some research I've got a few upsets. I think UNC could get past Wisconsin in the first round, but then possibly beat Baylor in the second round. And one of the things I like about UNC is obviously they are historically great and have a fantastic coach, but they got the highest rebound margin in the country. They're like 10.9 rebound margin or something. And I really think about these tournament games when the emotions are high and these kids are young, you got to value your possessions. So I like that. Uh, Baylor hasn't made a big run in a while, it seems. And I didn't know too much about them. I think offensively they're great, but North Carolina could give them some problems. Um, obviously, I got my gauchos going past Creighton. And, you know, but speaking more objectively about them, they played total lockdown defense throughout the Big West tournament. And they do shine in some of those statistics that I am drawn to. Like they are 30th in their turnover margin. Uh, they're great on assists. They shoot 75% from the line as a team. Um, and the rebound margin is plus 5.5. So those are all things that I like and things to look out for. Not to mention they are deep. They run a 10-man rotation, although their sixth man uh, is kind of day-to-day with an ankle injury. So we'll see how that one shakes out. And then if I'm going to pick a little bit more of a bold upset, I actually had this in a couple of my brackets because I wanted – and I want to, like, say it and then not pick it. But one team to look out for for me is Moorhead State over West Virginia. And okay. what I like about them is they're top 30 in rebound margin, 6.6, and then also top 30 in field goal percentage defense. So they started the season 4-6. and six. They've only lost one game since. And West Virginia just lost back-to-back games – to Oklahoma state and at 18 and nine, I feel like they're a beatable team. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but in terms of big upsets, three fourteen, I kind of like the Moorhead state matchup. As far as dark horses go, I have Texas tech in my final four, actually, uh, Alex, cause wow. I'm just excited yeah. to see Mac McClung, but my statistical reason for backing that up is fourth in the country and turnover margin. So it goes back to valuing your possessions And then another dark horse I have is Syracuse. And I'm really excited for the Syracuse-San Diego State game because that one's going to be good. But Syracuse has been hot lately. They take care of the basketball. They make their free throws. And those are two good signs, you know, headed into the tournament. So I feel like going off of Seven's topic of momentum, that's the kind of thing that you want to have going into a tournament. So 
we'll see what all happens there. But those are my picks. And then uh, let's go go reverse, Greg. Final fours, champions, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, final fours. I actually don't have it written down. But off the top of my head, I think I had uh, Illinois and Alabama. That was my – those are my champions. And then I can't remember if I did Iowa or Gonzaga. I want to say I went Gonzaga. And then my fourth team was Alabama. Oh, I already said Alabama. Well, so I think, yeah, Gonzaga and Alabama are on the same side. And oh, let me Illinois pull up my Illinois and Baylor. So, so, yeah, Gonzaga and Michigan are the ones on one side, and then uh, um, Illinois and Baylor are the ones on the other side. Oh, it was Texas Tech. Duh. Okay, so – I always get nervous when I pick chalk because, like, in the Baylor region, like, I picked, yeah, like, Arkansas and Ohio State as the 2-3 to play in the uh, Sweet 16, and then Baylor, Ohio State, and in the, in the Elite Eight. And, like, I picked, yeah, one through four to get – I always get nervous when I pick all of chalk. I feel like I'm going to look stupid. Like, oh, how could you just predict it so, so like that's right down the line? But didn't you yeah. pick all four one seeds to make it like the one year that actually happened or something? I, I, I think that was my first year actually. But actually, I'm, I'm I can't I can't guarantee this. I'm pretty sure I picked Davidson to get to the Elite Eight year that they did. Okay, like, I can't confirm that. Like, I don't have any. I don't have receipts. Like, like I have receipts for for predicting that the Warriors would win a title. Like, but before no one else said, like I have receipts for that. I, I don't have receipts for Davidson other than my own memory. So, and, oh, that's that's another thing I used to be talking about. Is like any any bracket picking memories you want to brag about, like prediction, like we're really happy, like we remember we we nailed. Yes, I got a good one. Uh, Stephen F. Austin, a fourteen seed, yes. three seed West Virginia. I want to say four years back, and I had yeah. that one on lock. And then they were fourteen seed again the next yeah. year, and I picked them again. And then they almost beat Texas Tech, but it didn't happen. Wait, so wait, was that the year that they had the we were down four and it got the four point play? Or am I thinking of a different year? No, that was against that was against VCU. Um, you, 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 how do you remember? I, I, I remember yeah, watching that, 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 that game so distinctively right? with someone, and it's it like running. That was insane. That, yeah, that was like I just that was one of those like how do you possibly make that? Mistake? Right. I mean that and that was that was back when when Shaka Smart was still the coach at VCU and like. You'd, you'd think he, I mean, he, out of all the coaches to be telling their players not to foul out situation, you would think he would be the one to do it. But stuff happens sometimes. Oh, actually, I'll give my final four, actually. I would see, I, I have Gonzaga winning it all. And then I have Gonzaga beating Florida State. Uh, Florida State, I mean, they have Scotty Barnes, who's a projected top 10 pick coming off their bench. Um, and then you have Illinois and, uh, and Ohio, Illinois and Ohio State in a rematch of the Big Ten title game in the other. Um, the other side, the other side of the final four, and then I have Gonzaga over, over Illinois. I have the Zags going unbeaten all the way through. Well, ours are ours are actually pretty similar, Seven. I have I also have Gonzaga and Florida State uh, making the final four, and I do have Illinois, but I have Baylor um, winning the winning the region. With three number ones. I do. Yeah, I, I'm 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 telling you, I think that with the with with the smaller crowd and sort of the less sort of push behind the behind the lower seats i think that will lead to a like a sort of a more cookie cutter tournament um and i'm sort of going with that and i also think this year there's just like sort of a, a bigger gap between the ones and everybody else than than normal right where i just see there's like a few dominant uh-huh. teams rising up as everybody else of course that can all go away in the tournament sure. and i know mish has a key injury to do which is why i know why a lot of people are softening on that although with, with the way jordan Poole is playing right now i might just i'm I was tempted just to pick Michigan to never lose again. 
<laughs> yeah, he, well, he hit a, he, I remember he hit like a big buzzer beater oh, yeah. when I was a freshman. I think it was a down two, a down two made three at the buzzer, yeah. I believe, which is like the ultimate pressure shot. Oh, yeah. Jordan Poole's buzzer beater was, uh, was a great March Madness shot. I think also, like I mentioned the five statistics that I like the most, but then there's also a total wild card factor, which needs to be addressed, which is foul trouble. And that is no, like, you cannot prep for that in any way as a spectator yeah. or a player. I mean, then, yeah. The only for that is like experience, right? But like, yeah, exactly. And, and on, I mean, on paper, like, if you have a deeper rotation, it helps. But if it's your star picking up two quick fouls, then even if you have a deep rotation, it becomes problematic. So that's just the kind of thing that can completely mess up a team in a single elimination situation like that. So, yeah. Um, but I know it should be really exciting. Uh, I'm really curious to see when we look back on this tournament, what we talked about earlier with how did the lack of spectators make an impact? And if so, like, did it make an impact? So that's going to be something that's really exciting to look at. But I want to move into the NBA real quick, just because we all went to kindergarten in Oakland. So there's obviously a lot of love for the Warriors. We are currently 21 and 20, ninth in the stacked Western Conference and half a game behind the Dallas Mavericks, who currently have that eighth and final playoff spot. Well, remember, it's 10 teams this year, though. Remember, there's 10 teams. They have the 7, 8, 9, 10 playing game. Oh, right, 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 right. They're doing the play-in thing again. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was just a bubble thing or not. I'm not against it. The, the 9 and 10 teams have to win twice, and the 7 and 8 teams have to win once. So I think this is the right thing to do. Okay, yeah, I like that for the Western Conference. For the East, I couldn't care less because if you are the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th teams in the East, you probably suck. Uh, I will say, we don't, we don't have to spend more than five seconds on this. I would love to see uh, a Nets-Wizards 1A playoff series. Wizards beat them twice already this year. You know Westbrook wants to go at Katie's jugular. Um, I would love – I have a feeling the Wizards could win one, maybe two games. I don't want to sound too. The real question, though, is can the Wizards win enough games in the regular season to make that happen? Well, I mean, they, they just have to get into the top 10 and then they just, you know. But yeah. Yeah, I need a little magic. Uh, well, do the Warriors <laughs> make it into a playoff series should be my question. Oh, so like out of the, the plan? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do think so. I, I know Alex is going to say no. I think. Look, what, 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 what's tough is basically this year, the Warriors should probably be, Alex, what do you think, four games better? I mean, in terms of all the close games, that not only that they lost, but just tricked away from being dumb, make, missing layups, make, committing gum fouls, <laughs> Kent Bazemore, freaking uh, just, just, the Warriors are, they're, the Warriors, this is what you, the Warriors team, are, are, is, they're easily one of the, just the dumbest teams I've ever seen. Um, but I, 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 I think they will. I mean, look, it sounds cliche, but like if, if you have Steph Curry in a winner take all game, like I, I do like their chances. And like this is, this is, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first like real playoff experience. Like Kelly Bray was in the bubble last year, but he didn't play while the Suns went on their big run. Wiggins was in one playoff series, they lost in five to Houston, I believe, and they were like the eight seed. So I think they have a lot of guys who want to prove themselves. I think Steph and Draymond bring like a a con because everyone knows they're the leaders. They, everyone else can just kind of slide in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect them to get out of the first round, but 
you know, if they went up against Dallas or the Spurs in the, the plan, like I, I would like the chance against either of those teams. All right, Alex, put rain some pessimism so you can bounce me out. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I overreact and, and, and stuff sometimes in, in the heat, but oh, they're missing, they're going to miss the playoffs. This is the worst <laughs> team I've ever seen, all that, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we, we, we text during these games a lot. Like, you get yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but like, I, th- I do, I do think they, they'll, they'll make a playoff series. I mean, they, they have the, they have the 30 easiest schedule uh, in the league the rest of the way. So that, that helps them. Um, you would, you would think they've, they've done pretty, pretty well generally with, with sort of the bottom half of the league. So I think that helps. And, and like, like Zevin said, you know, having Steph kind of will them to that spot. So hopefully will happen. We'll, we'll see how this, how this injury holds up uh, that he had last night. Uh, apparently he's, he's, he's doubtful for the, for the game against Memphis tomorrow. What with these Steph Luke injuries ha- happening in Houston, man? I know. I know. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but sweat sprain. Yeah, but assuming, assuming that this thing isn't, isn't too bad. I, I do think they should make it. To a, to a series, you know, probably it, maybe they can get into the into the seven or eight um, before. I don't I don't see them getting past the the play in portion through the rest of the regular season, but I do think they can they can probably make a series uh, ultimately. And anyway, let's, let's let's get to the real question: Is can the staff? I'll, let's start with you, uh, Greg. Okay, in, in, can the staff Dre and Claymont Dre and Claymont can the staff Clay and Draymond core win one more title? Yeah, can, can they win one more? Yes, they well, can. They I'm not. Them. I'm not even trying to say that out of bias. I think if Clay come back yeah. to be most of what he was, and granted, that is not a given, having two really brutal injuries in back-to-back years. But if Clay can be close to what he was, that valuable on defense, and Wiseman develops, you still have Steph, and if Draymond can just do like. He's clearly past his prime in certain ways, being not as mobile and stuff like that. But what he's done for us is incredibly smart plays sometimes. He's also had a couple of very costly moments. But <laughs> well, like, you, you trust in the playoffs, like you just, you just, you trust him. Yeah. I mean, he's played very smart basketball. And I think that they can win one more title. But as you saw with every title team, I don't believe that any of those teams, except for maybe the first year with KD, I think. Like take one of those six guys off the roster between Clay, Steph, Draymond, KD, Andre, and Livingston. Take one of those off the roster at any point. I don't think we get it done. So we're gonna need other guys to fill in. And I think James Wiseman's gonna have to develop. I think he totally can. And uh, you know, Wiggins doesn't have to be great. If he can be our fifth best player, then that's fine. So him and Uber, yeah. No, I, I. I, I am I, I do think they're, they're going to win another title. I I, I know Clay being healthy again is too big of a you know it's 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 a big given. I don't know he's one of those guys. Like him, Steph, and Draymond they're just guys I don't bet against as people. Like I do think and for all Draymond's flaws, when there's a big playoff series, I do trust him to show up for it. You know, in some fashion, uh, they're, they're just three guys that I, I don't want to bet against. Again, like LeBron's going to be going into next year. He's going to be going for the three beat, which is exhausting. Obviously, he had a short offseason. He's going to be 37, you know, in December of next year, going for a three-peat. I mean, I know he's an Ironman, but at a certain point, I mean, Clay is going to be well-rested. I mean, the Warriors are going to be well-rested because they're not going to play that many playoff games. Um, hopefully, they get the Minnesota draft pick, get, like, a couple veterans. Um, you know, those three guys, they're just guys they do not want to bet against uh, for all their – right in their experience. I mean, even, like, that last run, even though they lost in the final, 
finals. I mean, the way they fought against the Rockets and then the, the Raptors, like they're because I always hated for a long time. People were like, "Oh, the Warriors are front runner, Steph's front runner." I was like, "That's the biggest bunch of bullshit ever." I mean, the way they fought, like that game when when he uh, tore his Achilles, and they were down six with like three minutes left, and they went Clay, Clay three, Steph three, Clay three, just like you have to rip it out of their cold dead hands. Like that's they fight tooth and nail to the bitter end. As cliche as that sounds, like they, I they're one of the most mentally tough sports teams I've ever seen in my life, and so I think. Like that attitude, I think it's gonna really gonna be reminiscent of the you know Duncan Parker Ginobili Spurs, and so I, I think that I think they got one more in them. I mean, so look, I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. Like, and they seem to all have a good relationship with Steve Kerr, and totally. Just given how they fought, I like I'm never gonna count them out. You you, you cannot. And Alex is gonna he's 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 here, you know what? Just go ahead, go ahead. Well, what what I was gonna say was I think they can still be contenders. No question, sure. I think they'll still be back like, to the top tier in the West. Title, I'm not 100% sure about because for a couple of things. One, Clay, like, first first of all, even if even if Clay isn't isn't as good, he'll still improve the team just because his presence on the floor will open up the offense, space out the floor, create more opportunities for Steph to move around for Grandma to do his thing. So that will just just him being on the floor will help a lot. Then I think the other the real the real question is how many of the players currently on the bench are still going to be there. Like, because there's, they've got a ton of guys who have a ton of potential who aren't players on a title winning team right now. So it's just a matter of <laughs> exact pool, Mulder, Leap, take your pick. Like what we yeah, want to right. talk about, but the bottom line is if it's got, a, it's a matter of which one of those players comes along, which one becomes, gets traded, which one gets waived, things like that. I, I want to, I want to see how that shakes out because I think that will be the, the journey factor. I think the top, five or six players can stack up with any roster in the West. But after that, there's just so many question marks that I'm, I'm not willing to call title just yet. And like they'll have to sign, like, if they bring like, back Iguodala, I think they'll have to sign a few veterans and stuff for minimum. So hopefully, you know, they'll have to mess around with it a little bit. Go ahead, Greg. I know, I was going to say, I actually think you brought up some awesome points, Alex, because you look at the pre-KD teams, that second unit was a really, really solid second unit. And we don't know what that second unit's going to be necessarily. Like, Oubre could get traded in this offseason. Uh, some of these guys might get traded along with some draft picks because we have so many picks stacked up. And we're just a really weird team. Like, we got blown out by the Lakers twice, the Nets twice, the Jazz once. The Clippers blew us out right after the All-Star break. We lost to the Magic and the Knicks, who aren't horrible teams, but they weren't great losses. But what does give me hope is that we're also kind of all over the place on the other end of the spectrum. Like we beat the Lakers, we beat the Clippers once, we beat, just beat the Jazz, and then we had a massive comeback against the Heat, uh, and then we also beat the Spurs twice. So the way we've been able to stick it out and fight and just have Steph and Draymond and Clay from the outside set that kind of presence and mentality and teach these young guys how to fight, I kind of like that, and it – makes me a little bit hopeful for the future. Totally. It makes me feel old that, like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond are, like, the veterans now. It's just so crazy. Steph's the oldest guy on the team. It's, and, it's wild. It's you so know, crazy. I mean, one of the things I love about this team is, like, in, in the past, like, obviously, obviously last year was kind of its own thing, but in past Warrior teams, there have definitely been those games where, like, you, you don't even need to watch. You just know they're going to lose. You just <laughs> see how close they can keep it. This year, this year, they, this this team doesn't have that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some games where, where they get blown out, but you don't you don't go in thinking this is a guaranteed loss. This team has a lot of fight. They come back. They come out maximum effort every game. 
which is really good to see. And it'll, I think if they can something something they can maintain in the future, that'll help a lot. Yeah, totally. Um, I know it's going to be fun, but damn. Okay. Well, this has been such like a great episode. I like Zevin said earlier, I feel like we could just go down the rabbit hole forever. This is so cool. By the way, we all got to go. We should all try to go to Clay's first game back, you know, assuming that fans are allowed at full capacity and everyone has a vaccine by then, but. That is a must attend, dude. That is a must attend. Can you imagine if like, like, Oh, like a hundred percent capacity for Clay's first game back, dude. That'll be, oh, that'll be just insane. That'll be crazy. Oh, I know. One can only dream. Getting right just thinking about it. Damn. Well, going into this last little segment, we always get a little shout out to guys. This can be something totally related to sports, or it can be the most random thing in the world. Well, I'll put you both on the spot here. And Alex, I'll start with you. Do you have a shout out that you would like to give on this fine March afternoon? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shout out Loyola Marymount where, where I'm about to graduate from in a couple of months, you know, I spent the last almost four years of my life uh, attending there. And, you know, it's obviously had its ups and downs, but overall it's been a really, really great experience for me. And I don't think I could have made a better decision of choosing where to go to college. So I'm really happy to have, to have gone there and to almost be finished there. So, um, so I'm just going to say thank you, LMU. Love it. Zevin? I'm going to go with, you know, it's easy to forget, but, you know, we didn't have March Madness last year. So everyone making it possible so we can talk about this on a podcast and just goof around to all the workers and everyone who's, you know, all the logistics that go into it in a normal year are tough, but especially this year, again, to have all that in one place must be insane, super chaotic. So Everyone who, you know, I'm sure a ton of names that we'll never even hear of. Uh, but, we, you know, we should have to be grateful that, you know, tomorrow we can, we, we have the ability to watch basketball for seven straight hours and to tell people not to bother us, which is something we didn't have last year. So um, I'm, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm always excited, but especially after not having it last year, I'm really excited to, you know, just, you know, the feeling when you just, oh, you can just sit back. All right. Four or five, six hours, seven hours. I have to worry about anything else in my life. I can just sit and relax. Like, it's just such a satisfying feeling. So I'm looking forward to having that. So to everyone who made that possible, uh, Mazel Tov. Those are two such wholesome shout-outs. I love it. I'm going to keep the theme going. Should we go with a humorous one, though, or something more like, uh, I don't know. No, no, I'm just going to go with two, two nice, clean shout-outs here. The first one okay. obviously has to go to the great Alice Rochester, our kindergarten teacher from Hillcrest Elementary, just retired from Hillcrest last year. And uh, look, Alice Rochester, you are a fantastic human. We just talked about how you were a perfect mother figure for us young people. And how many years later is this now? 15, 16. 16, 15. Oh my goodness. Just ridiculous. But we are so grateful. And we hope that you listen to this episode and Zevin's got something to add. Really quick, so just uh, just to butt in, but, but before you give your second shout out, I actually did want to tell you. So, at the end, of my senior year of high school, we had to do like a one month internship thing just because. And so I actually went back and I I, I like was an assistant teacher for uh, Miss Rochester's class. So I helped teach her kindergartners and like shuttle them to and from recess. And so just thought of that. So anyway, man, you know how to pick your so internships. I love it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> She was like, yeah, you can, you can come and hang out. And so that was, it was such a fun month. So 
if and when Mr. Rochester you listen to this. That was super fun and you were so nice in letting me come back. So anyway. Well, second shout out goes to one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Good Take with Alex Hutton and Zevin Schuster. So if you liked this episode, you're probably <laughs> going to like their content too. And you got to check it out because they've exceeded expectations and done some fantastic stuff. And I know that they will continue to keep doing that. Also, just we, 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 I can't believe we haven't brought this up yet. We had your dad on for an episode. I mean, that was his own whole, the whole thing. We, we, we interviewed him for like an hour and a half. And just sort of just caught fun. up and talked about football and basketball and all kinds of stuff. I, so I still remember one. I, I still remember one. I think we, we Earl Thomas got brought up. I was like, "Well, is he really that big of a locker room?" And your dad gave me this look like I was dumb as hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my your dad's really fun, and he said that Deshaun Watson uh, or the Niners are in on Deshaun Watson. So. That yeah, well, we will uh, we will see what happens. The whole Deshaun Watson saga has been fun to follow. Although, after the NFC Championship heartbreak, I've taken a back seat on football. <laughs> I I can complain. Wait, wait. G- give us like, like give us like your top before we wrap up. Give it, there's so many things on that game. Give us like your top three things that you're most pissed off at about that game. Because there's so many. Obviously, top the whole three things I'm football. most pissed off at. Um, there's just there's so many things that you could I would be pissed off at if that was Packers man. Okay, number one is obviously how they Wait, play. are you going from three to one, or are you going from one to three? One to three. One to three, okay. Yeah, so my the thing I'm most pissed off about is what happened at the end of the half, because you have one job, Kevin King and Mike Pettin, it's to not let them score. Like, you can totally settle for a field goal. But what happened there was just, you can't do that in NFC Championship games. Um, number two, gosh, so many good ones. I think my third one would probably be the holding call on Kevin King to kind of seal the deal. And the only reason I have that lower is because yes, it was technically a hold, I guess. And you could make the case for that, but given how the refs were letting it go all game, just to throw the flag there felt really out of place and ridiculous and very Tom Brady for that to happen. Um, so that's probably very Tom Brady. <laughs> Very so true. Uh, number two, probably Equinemius St. Brown dropping the two-point conversion because we started getting momentum and coming back, and all of a sudden it was like, those are things you cannot have happen. Like, big difference between 28-25 and 28-23. Uh, so those are probably my three. That's I, Even on, I'm not a Packers fan, there was like seven things that like, if two of them go your way, you guys probably win. Even like b- before the touchdown at the end of the half, I remember Rodgers threw a pick, right? But there, there was a, a big time holding that they didn't call that had, if you guys want to hold on to the ball, then maybe you get three, but then you give it up and then you give up seven. And then I think De- Devontae Adams had a drop that him and Rodgers were like off timing on. It's all sorts of crap, man. Oh. Yeah, it was, uh, that was frustrating. But credit the Bucks for at least going after it and getting a lot of guys in the offseason and, even during the season, maybe I think Antonio Brown was midseason, but yeah, that was a uh, that was a really annoying game. So we're just gonna get past that. But look, I'm going to bring up your PCSD. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man. Once a part of a small classroom in Oakland, California, now three of the most successful and attractive podcast hosts on the Western Hemisphere, especially the second one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, look. 
to everybody listening, enjoy March Madness. I hope this episode made you think a little bit harder about your brackets. And I especially hope that the three of us are responsible for single-handedly ruining your bracket this year. Uh, to all my gauchos, Saturday at 12.30 Pacific is the moment. So let's get locked in. Stay safe, everyone. Things are slowly getting better. Good night. Yeah.